back to the show, and uh, I'm Jack Canelli, and with me is my wife, Doreen. We are your hosts for this installment of Real Presence Live today. We're happy you're with us. And Doreen has queued up another one of her... Are these jokes or are they riddles? Well, they're kind of riddles. Kind of riddles, okay. But maybe they're considered in the genre of jokes because they might make you laugh. Might, Might. (laughs) yeah. I think they come under the genre of bad dad jokes. Notice there are no bad mom jokes. True. I think that's a cultural thing that's trying to suppress the dignity and nobility of dads. I think think it honors them. You think so? Mm -hmm, Because it's... They're clean and funny. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, honor me some more then. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, as Jack said, when we began the show, today is the first day of school, at least for the John Paul II Catholic schools in Fargo today. And so the theme of the jokes is school. Why did the kid cross the playground? The kid? Why did the kid cross the playground? To go to the other side. Close to get to the other slide playground. Well, I, I like mine better. I don't. It, it, it capitalized <laughs> on that kid part. Right. Kid and goat. But Get it? But this is capitalizing on a school playground slide. Uh, oh, okay. Well, oh, okay. Ha, ha, ha. So funny can, I forgot to laugh. <laughs> we can demonstrate conflict resolution while we're on the radio. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> that's right. Okay, let's get to our guests because uh, that's what they're giving us the big bucks for. So, <laughs> Anyway, we're happy to have with us Nikki Beese. And Nikki, where are you calling from? I don't even know where you're from. <laughs> Good morning. I'm calling from Wisconsin. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful state of Wisconsin. Yes, well, we're happy to have you, and um, I like conversion stories. Everybody likes conversion stories, and that's what you're here to talk about, right? It's true. Uh-huh. Yes, I was blessed to be on, be on your show, uh, not your show, but the station, a couple months ago, maybe, a month ago, and right. now I'm back, so thank you. Yeah, <laughs> they, they said that you were talking about biking for babies that time, which, uh, you know, if you want to mention that again to our listeners during the course of what you have to say today, that would be fine, but uh, they said it was so much fun, and uh, you have a, a engaging uh, uh, conversion story that they wanted to have you back, and we're happy to be your host for that. So why, do not, why don't we let you introduce yourself, and you can just kind of go into your story from there. Well, thank you so much. So, uh, yes, my name is Nikki Bees. I am the high school, I'm married to my high school sweetheart, Kevin, and uh, we have five beautiful children, eight and under. We live in Combined Locks, Wisconsin, and uh, I'm the executive director of Biking for Babies, as you mentioned. There's a whole lot more to how I got to this point, uh, but I'm really excited to be here and and just invite people in as they hear my own story to, you know, consider theirs and see how God has really worked in their lives. And um, I guess where we kind of left off on the last interview was just me uh, sharing about my conversion story. And it all really started with no faith background. I grew up in a military family. We moved a lot. I'm not originally from Wisconsin. I was born in Hawaii. We lived in many states, um, 10 plus cities, and I went to many schools growing up, and uh, we didn't have a faith background. God was something I had heard of, but he existed out there for other people. I went to church a couple times with friends, but uh, it was not a big part of our, our lives. And um, growing up in a military, was, military family was a whirlwind. 
and you know my dad was gone a lot fighting in the Iraq war and um, overseas a lot and it was you know kind of a complicated family life for me uh, and my parents would actually later divorce you know a lot of that time with my dad being away uh, my parents really grew apart so kind of growing up in this um, tumultuous family life a bit and I just was constantly searching for a place to belong and um, really just really desperate for that and we ended up moving to Wisconsin when I was in high school and I found myself surrounded by people who have this authentic joy which is what I've called it just people who just genuinely were happy and um, kind of showing unconditional love to each other and that was my friend group and the adults that were around me and um, I had a friend who was a boy who uh, we talked on the phone for hours. So this was back when the phone, you know, was like had to charge on the wall. And we <laughs> talked so long curve. that yep. <laughs> the phone would die. and I'd have to go get the other phone. And on one of those long phone calls, he asked me if I was a Christian. And I said no, because I did not know the difference. And he was surprised, I guess, by how I just acted. And, um, and he said, can I show you? So I went to Catholic Mass with him for the first time ever as a high school sophomore. And it was pretty terrifying. There was, you know, the choreographed song and dance. Everybody knew the prayers and up, down, up, down, kneel, up, down. Uh, is really what I remember being terrified about because I didn't know what, what to do, you know, and uh, everybody else seemed to know. But in all of that, I will never forget Father Marty Fox saying in his homily that everything is possible for he who has faith. And I really felt like I was home. I felt like this was my place and that God was calling me truly to the fullness of um, of life, to the fullness of the faith. And I went through RCIA as a high school senior and became Catholic. So, Nikki, the first time you went to Mass, did all of that happen during that Mass? Did that is that when that priest spoke those words that... Um, yes. Wow. <laughs> that, yes. Is, that is amazing. It was really beautiful. I mean, and, you know, I... I have a perfectionist nature, so as I'm, like, saying that I'm terrified, like, there's nothing really scary about Mm -hmm. math, but it was hard for me to feel like I didn't know what I was doing, but in all of that, God was really moving me to say, you belong here. You know, I'm sure that there are many, many people listening right now that are just so filled with hope for children who have lost the faith or uh, people that they love that have never, you know, had that true encounter with with Christ to hear, to hear of your experience at that mass. Yeah, thank you. I, I like the idea of you experiencing authentic joy when you move to Wisconsin, and we would hope that all of our parishes exude that, so that when people mm-hmm. come in, they they see it in that uh, community setting, and uh, that's what should draw people in. Mm-hmm. Everybody was so welcoming, and it's been a beautiful journey, really. I mean, it's been 14 years since I became Catholic, and just really learning um, to live a life of virtue, learning to live for other people, and, and a huge part of that is just getting more involved in the Church, and also with Viking for Babies, learning just the true value and suffering and, and living our lives for other people. Mm-hmm. When you... When you say that uh, the people were very welcoming, could you be a little more specific about what that experience was of being welcomed for you in that particular parish? Definitely. So it started with so my friend who 
I failed to mention, but he became my boyfriend and then he's now my husband. So <laughs> invited me into all of this and, um, yeah, very, very blessed to be married. Um, but his family was very welcoming. So, um, you know, maybe there's parents who are listening whose children have dated people who were not Catholic or I didn't, I even said I was not Christian. I didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was scary for my mother-in-law. I know she was really concerned because I was new to town. Who is this girl who doesn't even believe in God? And, you know, my son wants to date her. Um, well, praise God for their faith because they welcomed me to church. It was never, you know, you have to do this. It was, if you're going to do this, you need to take this seriously. And inviting me in with, you know, meal prayer and family rosary time. And, um, we did, you know, Lenten, um, the 24 hour food fast for Good Friday, all the high schoolers got together and participated in that. And, um, even before I became Catholic, just as I was questioning and curious, people invited me to events, to Bible studies, and um, allowed me to ask questions. And even during RCIA, I was so welcome to just, you know, make mistakes, say the things that mm -hmm. didn't make sense, to really grapple with, uh, you know, these topics that are hard for even people who've been Catholic their whole lives to understand. Well, I, I think what, uh, the question I have is when you're coming in here kind of with, uh, without any knowledge of Catholicism and then giving kind of like our cultural attitude towards Catholicism, even 14 years ago or whatever the number was, I can't remember. Uh, so you, maybe you had some misperceptions. What were the, the issues and questions that, uh, about Catholicism that you were kind of dealing with uh, when you're going through your conversion process? Sure. So, so one issue that had lasted even beyond my conversion and becoming Catholic was the issue of abortion. I grew up in a family that was very focused on um, empowerment for women. You can be a strong, independent woman, and you do not need a man um, to be successful in life. You know, this, this very secular notion that women it's achieve equality with men by going to college, getting that job, and, you know, being on birth control so that you can really, your body can be just like a man and you can be just as successful. So we never, my parents were not openly in support of abortion, but I'll never forget when I told my parents I was converting to Catholicism that um, they looked at me and asked me, well, what about abortion? Because that's what people see the church as, right? right? We're, we're anti-abortion. Well, what, what does that even mean? Hmm. And there's a huge confusion on how, how that means we support women. We actually really love women. I'm a woman. I love women. We want women to be successful. But the world has forgotten that success, like God doesn't call us to be successful, He calls us to be faithful, as St. Teresa of Calcutta says. And we're here to learn our, our mission in God's eyes as His children, and that is all the success that we need. And so... It's a longer story, but my journey with the topic of abortion has gone from learning that it is not the key to empowerment for women, um, that it is actually a great travesty, and that my role at Biking for Babies is to share the beauty and the gift of every life from that woman to her child. Um, just to get a clear um, picture of your life at that time and when you moved to, moved to Wisconsin, were your parents still um, married? Was it... You and both your mother and father that were in Wisconsin? Yeah. Okay. And then yeah, do, you have so my, do you have siblings, Nikki? I do. So we're a family of five. So I have an older sister and a younger brother. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, 
we're going to have to interrupt right now, Nikki. We've got a break uh, in about three seconds, but uh, we'll have more to come with Nikki Beese on the other side of the break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo De Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Celebrating Sunday. Christians are Sunday people. What does that mean? Before we ask ourselves how we observe Sunday, we have to consider what we Christians actually celebrate on Sunday. The real and first reason for celebrating Sunday lies in the fact that on this day Christ rose from the dead. For the first time, someone returns from the dead and will not die again. But Jesus did not pass quickly into heaven. He did not simply shed time as one might shed a worn-out garment. On the contrary, he remains with us. The Feast of Sunday is therefore, above all, a profession of faith in the resurrection. Very early in the history of the church, Christians asked themselves, why did the Lord choose this day? According to Jewish reckoning, Sunday was the first day of the week. It was therefore the day on which God created the world. It was the day on which God ended his rest and spoke, let there be light. Sunday is the first day of the week, the day of creation. That means then that Sunday is also the day on which we give thanks for creation. Creation has been given us by God as our living space, as the scene of our labor and our leisure, in which we find both the necessities and the superfluities of life, the beauty of images and sounds, which we need precisely as much as we need food and clothing. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back, listeners. Your hosts today are Jack and Doreen Canelli, and we're talking about to Nikki Beese about her cons- conversion story. So I guess uh, that fulfills the introductory comment about bringing you stories of faith and hope. So uh, welcome, Nikki. Glad to have you here today, and for this second half of our uh, of our discussion with you. And um, you know, you mentioned that you had uh, become Catholic uh, during your high school years. And uh, the question that I've got for you is, you know, how has your life changed since becoming Catholic? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, we skipped maybe a little bit of my story, so I'll try to summarize. But when I, my parents knew that I was going to Mass every weekend and committed to really discerning becoming Catholic from, again, no faith background. And that was between sophomore and, and junior year of high school, and then I made the decision to go through RCA as a high school senior, and um, my parents supported this because, I mean, I think there's many other things that high school high school students could be doing that um, could be much worse, so they were 
pleased that I was doing something that was morally good and in their mind, even if they didn't understand it. And then I told them I wanted to become Catholic, and um, it was definitely a challenge for them. I know I remember my mom being very concerned about fasting, um, just a lot of unknown things for my for my parents, and um, I tried to include them as much as possible. Uh, but basically, they're very loving parents and supported me in the process. And actually, we're at my uh, the Easter vigil that I was mm. baptized you know, confirmed and received First Communion at, and that was a huge blessing. And they have been at each one of my children, they were at our wedding, Catholic wedding, and each one of my children's baptisms. So they're very supportive, and um, uh, I just pray for their conversion someday. So our our life has changed otherwise um, in so many ways. Uh, As I highlighted before, I I found biking for babies um, in college, and... Part of that is because I went to the Catholic Student Center at UW-Madison's campus, and the co-founder was at that campus recruiting people to bike. So I don't uh, want to take too much time talking about that, but we bike across the country to raise financial support and awareness for pregnancy resource centers, and it was where I got to further grapple with the idea that abortion, um, with my understanding growing up, that abortion was there if you needed it, and um, praise God I never... Had, I didn't know anyone directly who had had an abortion, but it was this, you know, un, unsaid word that um, it was it was there. It wouldn't, and that abortion needed to be, you know, safe, legal, free, and available on demand. And I was really able to grapple with that um, in continuing my my Catholic faith journey and joining Biking for Babies as a missionary and learning that um, truly to be pro woman is to be pro life because we really want to support women in all ways and. Um, support them, especially through pregnancy resource centers. So my life has totally changed because now this is my full-time job at Viking for Babies, and I never thought growing up that I would be the executive director of a pro-life nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. it's so fun to look back and, and see the movement of the Holy Spirit in one's life. <laughs> you you mm-hmm. probably didn't anticipate being as countercultural as you, you are as a pro-life person, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really true. It's it's not in my nature to be confrontational. And when you think about countercultural, you kind of think, oh, this person has to be confrontational. Um, but over time, that's even been a lesson for me is to be just like a steady force in in the world and um, to have to pray for God's gift of just being a constant and showing in those right moments where you've earned the right to share the gospel of life with your family and your friends who don't understand or don't agree, um, you do it in a very loving way, do all things with love. Another, another thought or question I have is, you, you were invited to, in a way, explore the, the Catholic faith. You were attracted to the Catholic faith um, because of a, a relationship with a, a friend. <laughs> were you prepared to... Re- how did you how did you deal with thinking about a future without him? Because that was a possibility. You were just in high school, and the Catholic faith still being part of your life. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, my now husband mm-hmm. had thought those things back then. And in high school, I'll never forget. We were sitting on my front porch, and it was just before kind of this deadline for RCIA was coming up, and um, we had had multiple conversations, and it was you have to do this for you. You can't do this mm. for me from his voice. You have to do this for you, Nikki, not for me, Kevin. And um, I remember 
thinking, I mean, definitely as a high schooler, oh my gosh, we're going to be together forever, right? That's what, <laughs> that's what you're thinking. Yep. Um, but at the same time, really thinking, okay, I have to have this choice. It is my choice and I am going to do this. Um, so you're right. I'm really grateful that he was kind of wise beyond his years and really made that point because we didn't know if we were going to. Right. Know, yes. That is so important that respecting your total freedom to choose and mm-hmm. not and not connected to your relationship with him, but your relationship with Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. What a wise man. Yeah. <laughs> and a beautiful thing in all of that is I just never felt pressured. And he had actually just kind of gone through like a reversion. So he's a cradle Catholic, um, but had, you know, kind of the typical growing up and feeling like, okay, this is just what we do, going to mass, participating in the things, doing the motions. And he, uh, early in high school, just before we met, had had um, just a moment where he challenged God and wanted to know if he was real. And and uh, yeah, God showed him he was real. Wow. So his faith was just such at a at a huge high, and it was so inspirational for me. And I guess that would be a, a point that I would want to share with everybody, no matter your age. Um, yeah, share that faith, right? Share your story, even if your story seems really small to you. Uh, it's just so important that we share, and um, like I said, we earn the right to share the gospel of life by starting with love with our family and our friends. It never needs to be, it never should be something that's pushy, but um, God is calling you to share. Mm, great words of advice and wisdom. Uh, how did your friends react to this? You know, especially, you know, in uh, since you're in your high school years, that. And, and then after that, I guess my next question, which you can just get into, is, you know, what kind of advice do you have for our listeners, anyone who's listening, uh, who is thinking about becoming a Catholic? Mm-hmm. So in high school, I never, so thankfully, I think, um, in this area of Wisconsin, and I would say maybe similar in North Dakota, um, it's pretty culturally Christian. So people were generally supportive of me, and I had two really close friends who were actually Lutherans, uh, so excited that, you know, I was starting to believe in God and understand that and, and search for Him in my life. And so, praise God, I didn't have any major conflicts to really be challenged by in high school. College, however, was a different world. There's, I mean, you go to UW-Madison, it's a very liberal university, uh, but again, praise God, St. Paul's Catholic Student Center is has a tremendously supportive culture and just draws people in to be um, to be Catholic in the world and not of the world. You know, we, they try to help you be a cool Catholic so that mm-hmm. um, you can be a real person and be attractive to other people and, and really bring people to the faith. Um, and your last question was, what kind of advice would I give to people thinking about becoming Catholic? Yeah. Um, I mean, besides saying just do it because it'll totally change your life. <laughs> I would say, um, you know, I think that I have really prayed a lot with St. Catherine of Siena. I'm sure we've all heard, especially on the radio, um, do what you were made to do and you will set the world on fire. Mm-hmm. Well, for a long time I was like, what the heck? <laughs> do what you were made to do and you will set the world on fire. I don't know why. That was one of those phrases that I was like, it just like... I don't know, I guess rubbed me the wrong way. I know that I'm probably on the short list of that, thinking in that way, but it's like, what What was I made to do? Um, and I really never thought that again until 
And so I had already graduated college. I was in my career for six years, and my husband looked at me and was like, why don't you just be the executive director of Psyching for Babies? And um, I, for the first time, was like, all right, Lord, what, what did you make me to do? Mm, Even question. after I had converted, right? Yes. And so it's like, okay, take this simple quote that's supposed to be really inspirational, but turn it around on yourself and say, and ask God, you know? take that time to really discern and ask him, what did you make me to do? And he will absolutely change your life. And um, I pray that it's, you know, you're open to that and open to letting him move in your life and, and lead you to becoming Catholic because it is just, it's totally transformative and beautiful and life-giving every single day. Thank you for saying that, Nikki. That's, those are, that's something we need to ponder through every different phase or junction in the journey of of our life not just at a moment of conversion but you know like you said your husband you know proposed the idea of you taking on the job with biking for babies um it's another time yes that we uh that marks you know continued conversion and um that seeking god's desire for us and his plan for us those are wonderful words for anyone who's listening, not just mm-hmm. no. Yeah, and it's like you follow that plan, and it's like that's your road to happiness, mm-hmm. as opposed to you know trying to get into some sort of job where you can uh, amass a lot of wealth. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like an entirely mm-hmm. different direction. What was your mm-hmm. career before Viking for Babies? I was in human resources management oh. at a large retailer. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. God definitely formed my professional background to be in yeah. business. Those are great skills. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah, little did I know. Mm-hmm. Would you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with the listeners? We've got about a 30, minute. About 30 seconds. <laughs> 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Awesome. Sure. One of my favorite quotes, I'm a big quoter. Um, St. John Paul II said, life with Christ is a wonderful adventure. And it sure has been for me. And I just pray for all of you listening that you can live a radically beautiful life for Christ. Oh, I love that. That's Life with Christ, a wonderful adventure. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nikki. And for our listeners, we're coming up on the break. But after the break, we'll be talking to Father Brian Mullady about his book, The Roots of Christian Civilization. So stay with us for more Real Presence Live. 